This is episode 24 of Road to Serfdom's Stream of Consciousness, and uh, I, I'm trying to do more frequent episodes. I mean, this is, I think, a couple of weeks. But before this, it has been uh, you know, months sometimes. So I'll try to be a little bit more uh, frequent. Uh, and I'm, I'm realizing that... For one thing, there's the whole first 20 episodes of this podcast that were audio only that most people on uh, YouTube just have no idea about and probably won't ever hear. Um, So I should probably go back and revisit some of the things that I talked about in the beginning because so much of this stuff, I mean, for the people who are on Twitter who are talking about this all the time, it gets kind of redundant where we get a little frustrated too with people because... You know, it just it kind of feels... I mean, there's enough of us that have been paying attention that we can talk to each other and we, we get it. Um, I, I suspect it's probably something like the way sports people view non-sports people. So they say, oh, so what did the sports guy do? And it's like, what are you talking about? You haven't watched the sporting game for the last 25 years? You don't know the whole history? You don't know all the ins and outs and background and information? And so I really have to take into account that... Um, especially since the goal here is to try to bring as many people into the fold as possible. Uh, and, and since I'm presenting this sort of high-level argument that rather than targeting very specific scientific arguments to say specific threats are what we should be focused on, I think the more valuable thing is to convince people that there's an ideological motivation behind this that goes back in time very far. Um, and that that explains what the goals are. And so that way, if once you understand that the goal is to kill off most people and that there's a there is a, a logical, if, you know, evil and and bad argument for doing that. Um, and so this is what Malthusian anti-humanism is. And, and that's why I have focused on that as the primary talk, topic to um to expose because it is the foundation of everything that has happened in the world that is negative Uh, and all of the resistance to all of the changes that everybody wants I assume except for the Malthusian anti-humanists they think that that there's a whole bunch of different reasons among which would be capitalism or profit or whatever they think that that's why major advancements have not been either achieved or disseminated when in fact it's the opposite, that that all of these things are because we don't have a free market. We don't have the ability to examine new inventions in the, in the light of day and decide which ones we like and which ones we don't and which implementations are or aren't preferable. Um, the government and corporations, which are in the, the government form of corporativism, a part of the government. Every single bureaucracy on this planet is essentially part of the government. And this should be obvious since all of their policies are based around interactions with the government. There are no bureaucracies that don't involve the government in almost everything they do. Um, what the, you know, what what they're tasked with executing in terms of enforcing government's policies may directly interact with the public. But everything that they do are negotiations with the government about what they're supposed to do as enforcers of the government's policies. And these are generally socioeconomic interventionist policies, which in a free society are supposed to be illegal. Um, And this this is why corporativism is the only real explanation, because corporativism 
in its surreptitious hidden form, which is what we still have, it's becoming very overt, very open. I mean, it's difficult, if not impossible, to deny at this point. Um, but it's still theoretically, at least in the United States, we're supposed to be a uh, representative republic. Government is not supposed to pass laws that tell people how to behave and, and criminalize non-criminal behavior and, and sanction and, and punish people for spending their money the way they want to spend their money if it doesn't hurt anybody. Um, and the way that they do this is by passing these policies that they've centrally planned down through various bureaucracies, through their own bureaucracy. The government is so big now that it has its own overt, obvious acknowledged bureaucracy, uh, but it also has these corporate organs, and it also has NGOs, and it also has all the little bureaucracies. And there's, uh, I'm, I'm saying that there's a global totalitarian corporativist state, which dictates to all of the country's governments as well. Maybe there's a particular government mostly in charge, maybe there's a consortium of national governments that are mostly in, influential in the global totalitarian corporativist state. Um, but really, the, the issue is that this is sort of an oligarchical arrangement in that it's the powerful people. Uh, and so it doesn't really matter. If a particular country became not powerful and all the people in it weren't powerful, they just wouldn't be as influential in the GTCS. Uh, but the GTCS would still have its goals. It would still have its agreed-upon mission, which is, I argue, the elimination of most of the population of planet Earth. And the reason that this is actually their goal is because they believe, right or wrong, I mean wrong, but they believe that the only way to save the planet is to kill off most people because they believe that there at some point in the future will be too many people. Some people, I mean, some of them think there's already too many people because you have to remember these, it's like, it's, this is Malthus's curse here. He said, you know, in 1800 roundabouts, that there would be too many people at some point and we wouldn't be able to feed them and they would start cannibalizing each other in the streets and it would be chaos. And, of course, it didn't happen. And each, you know, over time, as these predictions failed to come to pass, they were updated and the numbers pushed further and further and further. And when we got to X number of millions and then billions, they said, well, this number of billion or this number of billion. I mean, this, this pattern that we see today in popular media of the Arctic, you know, ice is going to collapse in 20 minutes. They just, they, they can't help it. You know what I mean? They, they, they think we've already reached collapse point. And so therefore, it, all, it already happened. We just haven't heard about it yet. The whole planet is just blew up. You'll hear about it. You won't even hear about it because it's going to it already happened. I mean, that's they're insane with it. So the the, the ones that don't believe it um, and are doing this for evil purposes knowingly, um, the manipulators, as I would call them, are, are kind of, they're not exactly few and far between because all of the people in the major positions of all of these places have to know what they're doing. They wouldn't be able to achieve these goals without knowing. Uh, and that means that they're, they're faithful to the ideology of Malthusian antihumanism, which means that they truly believe that people are the threat. And they will use whatever mechanisms they can justify to find ways to kill off most people. And it's not just to kill off most people, although that's a major factor in here, because the the real the underlying explanation here that I've been trying to say is that it's it's really this idea of so cybernetic social engineering cybernetics in general this idea of constructing self-regulating systems that limit growth and advancement are are are, are 
sort of tossbacks to this original Malthusian anti-humanist idea where we were supposed to make more regular the population numbers so that they don't grow too fast because that's the threat. And the best way to do that is to limit technological in innovation because technological innovation, again, this is, ties in with this thing. That, the thing that screws over the Malthusian anti-humanists time and again, besides their predictions being absurd, um, because they're generally just mathematical extrapolations. They're not, they, they take into account none of the natural processes that limit these kinds of things that they're afraid of. Um, but in all cases, they've been proven wrong because of some technological innovation that has made it possible for people to increase their quality of life and expand their numbers and not hurt anything. And this is, all goes against the, the, the theory of Malthusian anti-humanism, that if you allow people to just do what they want, It'll be chaos and terrible and awful. And it's the opposite. When you let people do what they want in their, and you make them responsible for their actions or allow them to be responsible for their actions, things tend to come together and, and problems tend to solve themselves. This is, this is how society evolved uh, and, and is evolving or to, to the extent that it's allowed to evolve. But... So, so one of the ways that you can limit technological innovation is to kill people off because it takes, you know, you get lots of people, you have more, much higher chance of coming up with a solution to some technical problem. And so if you can kill people off, make them die at younger ages, uh, that, that, that works. Uh, and if you can't kill off as many as you want to kill off, then you go for their education and you go for their economic stability. Uh, because people who are economically unstable and uneducated are much less likely to be innovators. And people who don't have access to capital are much less likely to be entrepreneurs. And all of these things would seem to be counterintuitive in a capitalist economy, and they are. And that's because we're not a capitalist economy. We are a fiat pseudo-economy. We're a corporativist pseudo-economy that pretends to have the trope, the, the, the trappings of a capitalist economy in the sense that there's money. That's about it, right? Um, but simply having a currency does not make a free market. Um, with the levels of intervention that we're talking about and the nature of those interventions being so destructive, so intentionally destructive, it is clear should be clear to everybody that we are not a capitalist economy, we're not a free market, and the purpose of all of these interventions is to cause harm to people, to cause harm to people's bodies and minds. It, there's, you know, all of this stuff that is happening. One of the things I said in, in I say these, to refer back to my earlier podcasts, um, I explain in one of my episodes the reasons why I, I recognized what was happening comparatively early to other people. Um, and one of them is my economic understanding about planned economies. And historically, planned economies don't work, and they cause terrible societal decay and, and collapse. And then people starve, and it's awful. And so anyone arguing that socialism and collectivisms and planned economies are good for people can't make that argument anymore because we all agree, we all know that that doesn't work. And we know it so well that they kind of stopped even making that argument. They, they switched the argument around and now they more openly say, it's not that we need to become a collectivism so that people's lives can be improved. It's that we need to become a, a planned economy so that people's lives will not improve. 
and they say it openly and they phrase it as we want to be more sustainable or we want to be i mean there there are different factions of this ideology too i mean we're familiar with the sort of obvious one this this sort of um eco uh, eco catastrophist uh been you know part of it but also there are traditionalists who say you know we should go back to you know having horses and carts and whatever and ultimately it's the same kind of an argument it's just the traditional solution to this is a lot more pleasant um at least in theory uh but neither is right they're they're not right um what we want is to continue the progress of the human race and to continue to advance and solve problems and then those old problems that were problems won't be problems anymore that's the solution and so right now we have all of the you know the vast majority of the capital and intellectual efforts on this planet are devoted to preventing human progress and to the extent that any human technological or scientific progress is allowed to to proceed it is happening under under the the direction of the government and these and its corporate organs and it is developing systems that will more efficiently kill people and destroy their intellectual independence and etc i mean they literally are developing technologies to make these ideological ends more more easy to achieve so this is a real threat um this is a, this is a, a existential societal threat that we have allowed the entirety of our best efforts best energies to be devoted to our own destruction and and it's not the people who are trying to build stuff and make new things and solve problems those are not the threats to our destruction the threats to our destruction are all the people who are against it which is almost everybody almost everybody goes through school being trained to prevent people from innovating and solving problems they're trained in a variety of ways mostly ideologically they're taught first and foremost that people who innovate and and come up with new ideas to problems are a threat and that people should not be allowed to have access to certain information i mean the obvious in, example is nuclear energy it's just it's been beaten into people's heads through a variety of mechanisms false flags and over reporting on on relatively minor accidents that were accidents because of the government's handling of the technology not because of the inherent lack of safety in the technology um their implementations were done wrong and they intentionally i mean certainly with something like chernobyl i mean you had to turn everything off to get that to happen and even with that crappy design they had to go they had to smash it with a hammer for days before it would break um so this is so this argument these arguments are stupid um but people have accepted it because they've been trained by the government to believe that human advancement is a threat to humanity it's gone further than that it's gone to the point where now people say well it's not even so much that human advancement is a threat to humanity it's that human advancement is a threat to the birds and the bees and the fish and the flowers and the trees even though they won't let us grow trees um you know what i mean like like <laughs> so that's this is where you get these people who are really they they just want to eliminate the human race completely so that there aren't any more humans and that would be the safest thing for the universe if there just weren't people anymore and i mean the, the these are the kinds of insane people who 
who don't even want to be in charge of everything when when everyone's dead. They'll they'll stick around to make sure everyone's dead first, but then they'll shoot themselves in the head, or at least this is what they tell themselves or say out loud. Um, so there's that level of crazy. But what we're really dealing with is this sort of elitist idea that there is a group of specialists and there will always be a certain cast of specialists who understand best how society should be allowed to exist and evolve and they and they alone should direct how everything works and who is allowed to live and what they're allowed to do for how long and doing what and where it should all be planned because that's the rational to the in their mind that's the rational planned way of proceeding with what they consider a game that they are in charge of they they think of themselves as having a, a board on the table and they're in charge of the board and they want to win the game and they've played games like this these world simulator games and they think the world works like that they they you know what I mean they think that all the variables that are possible in in reality are taken into account on a two by four piece of cardboard with you know about that many rules in it so these are stupid people they have a, a severely retarded understanding of reality uh, but they have enormous power and they've been reassured that they are really intelligent people um, through a variety of, of mechanisms so, I mean, it, it makes sense. You, you, if you take a retarded person and you assure them that they're the smartest person in the world, they will eventually believe you if you give them no contrary evidence. And then you release them to go do something and they will cause mayhem. Um, you do this with anybody. It doesn't have to be a retarded person. Just obviously, this just people who think they know it all don't. Nobody knows it all. Nobody, nobody knows it all. You certainly don't know what we don't know yet. And the idea that we would go out of our way to prevent what we don't even know yet, because what we don't even know yet is going to be more of a threat than what we already know. This is insanity. Um, so so what, the other thing that, that I talked about in an earlier episode about why it is I, I, I recognized what was happening where some did not early on was not only this economic understanding that the pushing of a centrally controlled plan for global government government had to be an intentional you know, part you know the purpose of it is to collapse because we know that planned economies always collapse they're pushing a planned economy not because they have a better plan now that they think will work it's that they know they positively know that when you plan an economy it causes collapse of society and starvation and death and that is their goal it's, it's the surefire way to cause collapse of society and death. And that's what they're doing. Um, because it doesn't necessarily require occupying the world with armies to do this, obviously. They may be able to do this just by infiltrating governments and corporations and turning everything in their favor and, and implementing this planned economy based on this ideological set of, of things that they've programmed into people with cybernetic social engineering for the last half a century or more. So... But, but the other thing is that when I was young, I, my, my mother put me in a private prison to prevent me from doing drugs. I, I haven't talked about this very much. I talked about it briefly in one episode before because my older brother had done drugs. And, uh, but the thing was I, I wasn't a drug addict. Um, so I went into this place 
and they had a whole system, a whole set of psychological tools and weapons that they used on these drug addicts. And they tried to use them on me, but they didn't work because I didn't fit the psychological profile. I didn't, I didn't have any of the, the shortcomings that they were expecting me to have. And it didn't take very long for me to recognize what was happening. And because I, I didn't do any of the things they expected or wanted me to do, I just stayed at their lowest level. I just, they, they, in other words, they, they just they just kept me in the room where you, they beat you all the time because eventually people just give up and they say, stop beating me, I'll do whatever you say. I never got to that point. So I spent six months in there on the lowest level getting beaten, so to speak. I mean, there was some beating going on, but it wasn't like getting beaten all the time. It was more of a psychological thing. It was when the, uh, the Congress actually um, investigated this, this organization and shut them down, and they called it like uh, Korean prison war camps. And it was. Um, the psychological manipulation, the psychological torture, um, there, was, there was some physical torture, but, but it was mostly psychological torture, and it was mostly trauma-based mind control. So there's a system behind this stuff. It's 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 well studied and it's and it's based on empirical evidence from repeated exercises and tests um, over the course of the last hundred years or more. Um, and they applied these lessons that had been learned by tyrants and criminals uh, over the, the last century or more. And so when I saw these things that I had seen in this prison camp being applied to the public openly, um, I recognized it as trauma-based mind control. Uh, and besides my recognition of the economic implications of planned economy, I mean, just two and two together here, uh, and then you start piling on the evidence. Then you just the, the synapses start firing, you start adding it all up, and all the evidence over the years, you know, why did they teach us this? Why did they teach us that? Why is this... To, this is an un... You know, uh, the th you can just go through your, your memory and find all these things that made no sense that all of a sudden make sense if this is the goal. And it does not require the individuals participating in this to really recognize what the ultimate end goal is. They just have to believe that people shouldn't have access to information. And that's enough. And that is exactly how our education process works. Uh, and I use nuclear energy as the best example because if you ask anybody, you know, should we should we do nuclear power? And of course, they'll have stupid arguments about why we shouldn't use nuclear power at all. But beyond that, they'll also, you know, you can say, well, should people even know about how to make nuclear reactors? Well, since you shouldn't use nuclear power, no, you shouldn't know how to make nuclear reactors, right? Uh, and this this is the logic process. This is the reasoning process that they go through, and it's. You know, and we see it manifesting in smaller and smaller, less and less things that are that are more and more uh, mundane, that are, are dangerous information. I mean, now we've gotten to the point where it's dangerous information to talk about vaccines. How you know that? And it's to the level of like you know, I mean, it's not far from somebody disseminating the way to build a nuclear reactor. I mean, you know what I mean? Like like twenty five years ago, thirty years ago, if somebody if Twitter was around and somebody started detailing how to build a nuclear reactor, they might have reacted the way they react to somebody saying, hey, man, I think maybe vaccines might not be safe. <laughs> so it's just once they start this process and once, start, once people accept a single instance of intervention in access to information, that begins the ball rolling. 
And so they've just been building on these things one by one, and they've been very successful over the last 40 years anyway. It's really been going on since World War II. Um, and then all of a sudden it got really fast. This is the thing. So two years ago, bang, all of a sudden it, you know, it was in high gear. And that's why so many people are recognizing that there's something funky. They probably would have gotten away with this if they had just waited and been more patient and not tried to push this so quickly. And this is a bit of a mystery. I, I and some of us have discussed various reasons why this might be the case. Um, we know that for the last decade they've been trying to do this every single year. The, the lockstep document was produced in 2010, and it's the, it's the plan for what just happened to us over the last two years to turn us into a global totalitarianism. And they were trying to start off step one each year. There, were, there was, you know, a threat of a pandemic with, with something each year over the course of the last decade, whether it was H1N1, you know, uh, swine flu, Zika virus, Ebola. I mean, they, try, they tried everything, and people were just shrugged and, and rolled their eyes, and it didn't work because they didn't, for whatever reason, they didn't have enough people on board or they didn't feel like they wanted to push it. They finally decided to push it th with this one. Um, and maybe it was just a technological achievement, or we don't know. I mean, we don't really know what was the trigger that allowed them or may forced them to finally decide. It may have simply just been a bureaucratic timetable that was pushed so far back that they, they just had to go for it. Um, but there are other um, hypotheses about this. And when you get into some of the metaphysical and and, and supernatural explanations. There's some interesting ideas in there. One of them is that supposedly people are waking up on the on the you know whatever the the supernatural plane, whatever, and and people are starting to become aware, and and it just was going to happen, and that they have some artificial intelligence program that was that predicted that humanity would wake up to all the shit government had been doing. And that that's the explanation. And I think it was called uh, Project Looking Glass or something like that, unless I'm confusing that with another uh, funky project. But So that's an interesting explanation. But it doesn't really matter why. All of a sudden, they accelerated the program and they showed their hand, and now we see it openly. And, but we have, to, we have to follow up by going back in history and examining all this, these things because they explain what's happening, why, and how. And the the biggest the big problem when we try to explain to somebody what it is the government is doing right now, they say, but but why they wouldn't do that. Why would they do that? That doesn't make any sense. Well, it does if you understand what the goals are. And that's why I'm focusing on the goals instead of the specifics. Um, because the specifics, I don't know all the specifics, and some of the specifics that I think I know might not be true. But all but I do know that whatever is happening is bad. And, and I do know what the goals are, and they are achieving those goals through a variety of mechanisms, uh, some of which have panned out to be exactly what I expected them to be, um, and other ones are proving to be even worse than I thought. Um, so I guess I just wanted to, to sort of revisit some of these older ideas, and I think the next thing I'll talk about is some wild speculation um, and maybe I should do this in another episode. Uh, but the wild speculation that I'll talk about, the main one that I want to talk about, I'll, I'll say briefly here, is is this bunker hunters idea. Because 
mass recall is after evaluating the situation and realizing that all the historical ways that we might that humans have been able to free themselves from tyrannies in the past have been specifically accounted for and taken care of in these plans and they all turn out to make to to provide justification to government to further militarize and eliminate free society so it turns out everything that used to work not going to work this time at least according to their plan they have plans that appeared to me to be reasonably effective at preventing those mechanisms the only one that's not in there is mass recall and mass recall will work it has one two primary issues one is everyone has to agree maybe not everyone but like 500 to 1000 people in every single town need to agree this has to be done and they have to do it and that's going to take time um the other major problem is it doesn't really catch the bad guys because unless the bad guys are in your town and you happen to catch them they're going to be with the GTCS in the cities and in the federal governments and in the global infrastructure. So they're going to retreat into first the global infrastructure and as they get concentrated into cities, if, if all the towns in the United States, for instance, are free, then the only places for these people to go is the cities because the cities are lost. They'll never be recovered. Um, and they, it doesn't fit the mass recall model. So they'll retreat into the cities, but the cities are not really defensible places, and they'll be concentrated into these cities. And so eventually they'll kind of get starved out. They just won't have access to all the resources that they need. And, and eventually the really bad guys are going to escape into some other place. Presumably, eventually they're going to end up in bunkers. And the bunkers that they've been building for decades that go deep and all over the place and have all sorts of resources and weapons and whatever um, are only supposed to be they're only built for a relatively small number of people so it's not that the whole total you know apparatus is going to fit into them it's going to be the really bad people the really bad guys are going to make it into the bunkers and so that's where we got to get them so what sucks about mass recall is that we don't get the blood we want right away and it might take a long time to get them in the bunkers and they will be in bunkers that are well defended so it's going to be a war to get them out of them um, and there's a bunch of details about it that, that I'd like to explore in a fictional scenario so that we can have people write and throw ideas out there and we can talk about this for a variety of reasons. One is to, to give us something to hope for in the future because Mass Recall doesn't really give us the satisfaction of catching the bad guys right away. But, but you know, this idea of bunker hunters could work. And, and it promises to be a way to get them eventually so they will not ex escape justice. And then additionally, it should scare the fucking shit out of them because they will understand that they're not going to get away with it and it doesn't matter where they go or how deep they go, they will eventually be caught. And that's, I think, worth doing uh, because, I don't know, maybe, maybe that will help to, to encourage them to switch sides, um, defect, Provide us with some information. Maybe stop what they're doing. Who knows? I mean, I don't think it's going to have a bad effect to scare the shit out of them. Um, and if we can do no nothing else to them, making them shit their pants is, is good. So I'll talk about Bunker Hunters in more detail in another episode. But uh, I just wanted to go back and, and talk about some of these things to explain how it is that I came up upon my conclusions and they're not just out of nowhere, and this is all based on in my experience and, and my, my history. Uh, and 
my understanding, which is pretty extensive. It's funny, you know, I guess this is just something that happens to people when they, everyone always thinks that they, that everyone else knows what they know. I just figured everybody knew this shit, right? It didn't occur to me that I might be one of the only people who could put these things together. And the trigger for me because, I mean, I, I did my posts on Twitter and I thought about this and I came up with these ideas and I would put them out on Twitter in, you know, early 2020. But then a few months into it, some of the people that I thought were economic leaders and would have recognized what I recognized seemed to not have noticed what the hell was going on. And they're, they were the people that I trusted. They were the only people that I thought, and I, I just figured they were sort of quietly working out what was what was the solution and it turns out they were they weren't paying any attention at, at all and so it became clear to me that I had to step up because there wasn't anybody else stepping up I mean there was there are people who recognize that this has been a problem but nobody has formulated the explanation for why or how and so I I felt that it was necessary for me to attempt to do so and I've been trying to revise my my message a little bit, not very much, but but just trying to, to reformulate it in different ways so that it can catch the attention of different people for different reasons. And I, I guess to some extent that's working. Um, so, but this was just really just me trying to um, explain how this occurred to me um, and why I felt that it was necessary for me to to make this sacrifice, as it were. I mean, you know, because. My life has completely changed since I started doing this, uh, but everybody's life completely changed. Some people didn't notice, um, but you know, this is an existential threat to the human race, and we have to start thinking about responding. And that means convincing people that something is wrong. and And I think it is true. I did a poll that where I asked people who didn't believe that this was the beginning of a genocide how many people would need to die. And the answer was between 100 million and a billion. So it may take the billion dead, uh, which could take years. Um, but eventually people will realize that something is majorly wrong. I just hope that they realize it in time for us to, to do something about it. Um, so anyway, that's it for now. And uh, I'll talk about Bunker Hunters more later. 